the nonprofit MBA purpose is to provide new business insights and fresh creative ideas for executive directors and their teams that will help them improve their organization. Here is your host, Stephen Halasnik. Welcome, everyone. My name is Stephen Halasnik, and I am co-founder and managing partner of Financing Solutions. Financing Solutions is the leading provider of lines of credit to nonprofits throughout the United States. Our line of credit program is easy, inexpensive, and costs nothing until used, making it a great cash backup plan for your nonprofit. If you'd like to learn more about the program, please visit us at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. And if you decide to apply today, we will even give you a $250 credit on file. Or feel free to give us a call at 862-207-4118. Just remember the time to set up your line of credit is now, not when the emergency actually comes up. And for all of our listeners out there, we've been in business for almost 12 years now. I can't tell you how popular our product is for nonprofits. It's something that was in great need in the market. We all know that there's times when you have cash flow issues and to have a backup plan in place that's ready to go is just very, very valuable. Today, I am very excited to be speaking with Jet Winders from Heller Consulting. Uh, as, a business, uh, as a director of business development at Heller Consulting, Jet works collaboratively with nonprofits to map their business needs to CRM tools and functionality so that the organizations can deliver their missions more effectively and raise money more efficiently. With more than 15 years of fundraising experience, Jet has had the opportunity to engage with many areas that are key to nonprofit technology and fundraising, including individual giving, peer-to-peer events, and enterprise system implementations. Jet, welcome to today's Nonprofit MBA podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So uh, today's topic, the benefits of nonprofit CRM technology for fundraising, uh, before we actually even really kind of dive into that proc, uh, that um, that uh, topic, uh, let's just you know uh, take a step back and make sure everyone is aware of what CRM technology is. What is CRM technology? Yeah, well, the CRM stands for Constituent Relationship Management, and you know that at the core. Uh, for nonprofits is your fundraisers and donors, though it can be, you know, more broad. We're talking about fundraising today, but your constituents are the people that you serve, stakeholders in the community, partners, uh, agencies, and other nonprofits that you may work with. Um, So the constituent is about, you know, bringing information uh, together to fully understand who that person is and what that person's relationship is with your organization. Yeah, so you threw me for a loop. You know, CRM technology, and I know why you did what you did. Uh, you know, to me, I thought CRM technology is customer relationship management, right? But in this case, you just kind of, you know, are really make it more applicable to what a nonprofit would really use that CRM for, and that is for its fundraising efforts, correct? Yeah, I mean, that is, you know, just one of the major opportunities for nonprofits because um, it has, you know, technology requires investment and there's no greater place to get that return on investment than in the fundraising space. So if you can be more effective, more efficient, um, that technology can have such a huge impact on the funds raised for the organization and then its ability to do its work in the community. 
Yeah, so I'll give it like everybody out there. Not everybody who listens to this podcast are you know these incredibly great fundraisers. You know, it's it's a skill that you have to learn. Some people it comes natural to, some people it doesn't. Um, but with I'll let you in like CRM to me, which you know in other industries is also as I mentioned called customer relationship management, right? I was I've always been in love with CRM. And when the first CRM product came out, which was called Goldmine at the time, uh, and I don't think Jet, uh, Jet is old enough to remember that, um, but it was, to me, it made, it made complete sense. And the reason being is that um, as, you know, 30 plus years ago, I was in sales working for Xerox. And, um, and to me, you know, remembering all the details, remembering everything about the clients that I was working with, um, it, you know, that's not so difficult. Uh, although I do have a good memory that way. It's not so bad if you're talking about like 10 people, but when you're talking about 50 people, a hundred people and knowing their kids' names and knowing, you know, what they like to do and, and knowing how they like to be contacted, you know, all these different things, you kind of need a system in order to do that. Would you agree? Well, I think so. I think you hit the nail on the head for, you know, think about a major giving officer that does have a portfolio of 50 folks and needs to remember all those things about them. But I'd extend it even further, you know, in the, you know, age of, of data and, you know, systems that we use, you know, we feel like we want personalization everywhere that we look. So how can the organization make their uh, thousandth donor, their 5,000th donor, their 100,000th donor feel like you know just as much about them as perhaps that major giver uh, that you know is one of a few relationships that the officer has? Yeah, and I, it just makes business funner too. I mean, like, listen, uh, and, and when I say business, I mean, you know, uh, fundraising and stuff like that. You know, it's just... You know, I'm a people person. So for me, you know, I like knowing details and uh, making it a one-on-one -on -one conversation when I meet somebody. It, it, you know, I think it's funner and it brings the, the level of fundraising to a different, more personal level. I mean, would you agree? Well, absolutely. You know, um, when you're making sort of the ask in fundraising, really being able to dial into what's important to that person and why they're connected to this mission can make all of the difference. And again, I think that's at that very personal one-on-one -on -one scale, but it also matters at the mass communication scale. You know, if uh, the, the, the very classic fundraising example is for uh, think of uh, animal welfare organizations. If you're a cat person or you're a dog person, you know, it might make a lot of difference whether you ask me to help puppies or help kitties. That's going to motivate <laughs> me to make the gift. And knowing that about your constituents can can make all the difference. So the the CRM system that you have, um, well, you you sell the CRM system, correct? It's That's what Heller does. No, so at Heller Consulting, we actually support folks in selecting CRM systems and implementing them. So, you know, uh, the firm has been around for uh, 25 years. It was founded by uh, Keith Heller. Those systems have changed over 25 years. You know, there's uh, very popular ones in the market. You can think of Salesforce. You can think of Microsoft Dynamics. Um, but uh, we're always on the lookout for what technology is going to meet the needs of our uh, nonprofit 
its clients the best. And so that technology might change over time. Really, the fundamental principle of knowing who your donors are, knowing as much as you can about your constituents and taking action on that information is, is sort of what unifies the work that we've done over that time. So does Heller uh, only focus in on CRM or do they, are they tech, technology? Um, what's, what's the right word I'm thinking of? Oh, I can't think of it. Uh, the, you know, where you, you, you'll cover everything from accounting software for nonprofits to CRM software. To, is it across the board? Yeah, so our core expertise is in CRM, but that CRM sits in an ecosystem of technology that would extend to your financial uh, accounting software. It would extend to, you know, other areas within the organization. So, you know, while we narrow in on deep expertise on the CRM, we really recognize the role and where it sits within the organization, and we can advise and put together complete ecosystems for nonprofits from which they can sort of manage the organization. So what is usually the number one biggest factor to determine what, like I always have, let's let me take a step back. I've been doing, this is the fourth year of the nonprofit MBA podcast. I think we've done like 75 episodes and I always advise clients that if you're in the nonprofit sector, that you should go with a CRM system that specializes in nonprofits, that you shouldn't go to Salesforce, that you shouldn't go to a more generic uh, platform, uh, CRM platform. Do you, is, do you find that to be true or have I been telling people the wrong information? <laughs> Well, I think that's been changing more and more. You know, there is a lot of value to what we call um, purpose-built or best-in-class uh, software. That would be a system that is built 100% for a nonprofit. It's, you know, got a very niche set of functionality. But what's really changed is that the data that we need to communicate with our donors is now often being collected or coming from other parts of the organization, you know, perhaps they're uh, volunteering with the organization, perhaps, you know, this is part of the life cycle of somebody who uh, we're serving as part of the mission. Think of a cancer survivor who uh, at one point might be a uh, recipient of your program's mi uh, mission services, but later a donor to your organization. And so this data is coming in all different places within the organization. And when that starts to happen, Sometimes those those purpose-built uh, point solution tools just no longer support bringing in that data. They don't integrate well. Um, they don't have ways to store that information. So a system like uh, a Salesforce or a Microsoft uh, can be better in accommodating that data and working across the organization. I think one of the things that's changed, uh, you know, over time too is the. Uh, functionality that's been built on systems like Salesforce. They've got their nonprofit uh, success pack as a, a foundational functionality for nonprofits to use for fundraising. That stuff's gotten a lot better over the years. And there's been a lot more tools that integrate really, really well. So um, think of online donation forms that are truly built you know, to power uh, nonprofit fundraising but they integrate so seamlessly with Salesforce now that that ecosystem uh, can be much stronger for some organizations. Um, so let me uh, test my understanding. 
you are you're saying that sometimes the non-generic nonprofit software could be better because it integrates well with other account, other systems, whereas some nonprofit software that's built specifically for nonprofit may not integrate as well. That would definitely be one reason, and I'll add a second that even within the system itself, you know, uh, Salesforce, Microsoft. Uh, Dynamics have a lot of flexibility in being able to add new functionality, uh, track new information. Sometimes uh, on those other point solutions, you know, you're really dependent on the software provider that you've chosen to sort of anticipate changes in the marketplace, create a roadmap that's going to serve you. And sometimes when you need to pivot, and I feel like this happened a lot for folks over the last couple of years as, as things changed during the pandemic, if your tool didn't allow it before, you're kind of stuck kind of using the tool however you could, whereas some organizations, say on a Salesforce, could really build out or, or do something different in a much easier way because of the you know, flexibility of those platforms. What's the number one question? You're going in to uh, meet a potential client who wants to bring on Heller to help them help the, the, the nonprofit select a CRM tool. What's the number, the very first question to ask them? Well, I always start with trying to figure out what an organization's goals are. And I know that sounds cheesy, but, you know, if you are not um, in pursuit of some ambitious new fundraising goal to power some part of, you know, advancing the mission of the organization, if you don't have new communication strategies that you want to do uh, with your uh, donors, new segments and new ways of talking to them that you want to try out, or you don't have some real problem, like uh, we're, we're actually growing and we have a lot of gifts, but it takes us so much time to enter them all that we can't keep up with the volume. So if you don't have that either pain point or major goal, then there's really not a lot of case for investment and not a lot of case for the change that needs to come with replacing technology because when you replace technology um, it's not just the investment and effort in that which can be significant it's also the investment and effort in changing your internal business processes uh, to accommodate that and moving your people along so making sure they understand why this change is important how it's going to be a benefit in their day-to-day jobs uh, and train them on being able to use it so it's really part of a a bigger project and you got to have a reason to do it so I have two questions for you, and I'll I'll say them right now so I don't forget the second. The first one is, what percentage of the time do you actually go into a potential uh, uh, consulting assignment where the person has no CRM system? And then the second question I have is, um, what is usually, for those who do have the CRM system, what what is the number one thing that they're trying to get away? Don't, what are they, what do they, why do they want to get rid of the existing system and go to a new one? What's the number one reason for that? So for the first one is how many times do you go into a consulting assignment where they haven't used any CRM system? Yeah, you know, uh, at, at its most basic, everyone is managing their constituents one way or another. Even if you're doing it just on some Excel spreadsheets, yeah. uh, you are doing constituent 
relationship management, you just may not be well supported by technology to accomplish it. Um, so for the nonprofits that we work with, you know, I, I, I granted I'm talking to a subset of folks that are looking to invest and looking to make a change in the CRM. And so uh, that, that's a little narrower group than all nonprofits out there. And I'd say the conversations I have are about 50-50. 50% of folks that have moved to something uh, already that we might consider a modern CRM, a Salesforce, a Dynamics. There's certainly others, but those are so dominating. Uh, and then 50% who aren't on one yet. Now, wow, I'm, sh I'm shocked. I would never expect 50%. I thought you would say... I thought you would say 25% or less. Uh, and I believe you. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> well, those point solutions, they definitely have CRM functionality. So if it's been purpose built for nonprofits, um, it is fulfilling some part of that role. Um, but I, you know, I, I think as that definition of CRM has evolved to have greater expectations of knowing more about a person than perhaps 10 years ago. Um, we, I, I might no longer be considering some of the systems that folks are on a proper CRM. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Now the people who want to move, they have an existing CRM system that's modern, you know, it's, you know, it's not Excel, right? Um, and they come to you and what's the number one, I, you know, and I, you might say, well, it doesn't do what we want it to do. Right. Well, that I'm not, you know, I think that's the most obvious thing of why to run and move. But what, but inside of that subset, what, what is the number one thing? I, it's not, it's not interacting with the systems that we have uh, outside of that. You know, we wanted to do X and it can't do that. What, what is usually the, the, the answer you get? Yeah. It's usually the interaction with other systems, connection with other systems. And I'd say it's in two major categories. One is in uh, digital fundraising and communication. So it's it doesn't connect with other systems because we it, because we want to, you know, email these folks or we want to uh, be able to recognize them when they come to the website and, and have a custom ask on the donation form. It's that digital fundraising component that is growing for nonprofits and making that pain of the connection or not having the connection greater. Um, or it's wanting to incorporate information from other parts of the organization. Uh, I, I mentioned a couple, but like volunteers or uh, your mission services, they are often collecting data about people who are also donors and fundraising is not able to recognize that they're not able to say oh yeah you um you are a volunteer a fa for our organization a family member of yours is a recipient of uh our services and you're a donor they just they right now they only know that they're a donor does heller if a client goes to you for cr recommendations do you have deals that are already set up so that someone would uh, benefit financially from a price standpoint because they go through you? No, I wouldn't say that. You know, we um, don't have any agreements where, you know, we get any particular discounts, though many of the software that we recommend provides nonprofit 
discounts and we're able to advise folks on how to best make use of that. Um, and we don't get any uh, financial compensation from the technology that we recommend. So when we're leading folks to a particular solution, it really is always based on the technology best meeting their needs rather yeah. than. Yeah, you know, it would be, I mean, back. even I knew when I was going to ask the question that as a consulting company, you, you it would be kind of, uh, I would say unethical, but you know, it, it wouldn't be like the right thing to do because of course, if you're going to get paid on it, you might recommend that product more often. Um, so I, I kind of get it. I, uh, did you see over the last two years, that you know, most people like we're. Well, I think we're pretty pretty soon. We'll be putting a white paper out, and from our, uh, we were doing a survey that that um, it's continuing to go on. We, I don't know if anybody out there knows this, but uh, nonprofits did very well during COVID. Um, you know, people really opened up their pocketbooks because. They knew that people that they that they cared about and the missions that that nonprofits were working on uh, were struggling during they were struggling during COVID. At least they, that was the thought process. So people really, you know, so the what we know already is that nonprofits uh, increased the amount of revenue that they were generating during uh, their, their fundraising during COVID. And so, so my question to you is, did you find that people, uh, and I think I know the answer that they really started looking closely at their CRM systems that the, the, over the last two years that your practice actually increased the amount of clients that you're working with because, uh, of for whatever reason, um, did you find that? Yeah, we really saw that play out over last year where the pandemic really amplified whatever problems folks were already having with their technology. So we had organizations, uh, we work with a lot of food banks where they had a very successful fundraising efforts over the last couple of years. And any place where there was inefficiency and in sort of entering gifts, thanking people, you know, tracking that funding, um, became very, very painful because of the number of gifts that they were getting. So uh, coming out of that, they're looking at ways to improve that efficiency so they can continue to scale and grow. Other organizations have fallen kind of further behind. You know, they had to make dramatic changes to the way they're offering services. Uh, many fundraised uh, with in-person events had to switch them to online. and. If they weren't on a system that allowed them to easily incorporate that data or make system changes, they just kind of had to adopt whatever they could, you know, get a get a system that lets us do an online event. So they end up with more technical debt that they now are trying to integrate and manage. And they're looking to folks like us to go, okay, we had to pick something because everything was moving so fast, but what should we really be using for the next five, 10 years? Yeah, it's an interesting time because, you know, like in the business world, recessions tend to focus, you know, the leader of the organization on some important glaring problems with the organization. But yet during COVID, people got really focused, but they also, but they were really busy too, right? They 
they, you know, it wasn't like in a recession where people stopped giving. They, I think a lot of nonprofits, like I had said, experience growth. So not only did nonprofits get really focused on what they needed, uh, getting more better at their, at their organizations, but they also were raising more funds and helping more people or, or making more of an impact at the same time. I guess it, you know, for a nonprofit that's so driven by their, by a mission, it, it, uh, the last two years have been very focusing. Well, I think, uh, I think that's right. Um, though, you know, in some cases, I think the need increased. So while fortunately people stepped up and gave, gave to nonprofits, so they were funded to meet that need, they're not necessarily, they didn't bank a whole bunch of cash that they're taking into the future, but <clears throat> You know, I do think many of the changes that the organizations were forced to face and go through and go through very rapidly uh, are setting them up for success in the long term in terms of delivering their uh, services in a new way, doing fundraising in a new way. So, you know, just going back to some of the fundraising examples, you know, a lot of folks know the need to do that kind of segmented communication to their constituents. Um, and that, you know, that's been a tenant of good fundraising for a long time. But when they lost all these in-person touch points, you know, events where they would have met somebody and said hello, they were really forced to look at their technology and go, well, how do I make sure I say hello to that major donor every three months, every, you know, six weeks when I can't just invite them to the event and then say hi and have that conversation. So they are now looking again to the CRM technology to better track that and better enable that and scale that across their whole fundraising teams. Where do you think CRM is going now? Like, um, what are you seeing uh, out of all the products that are out there? What do you see from trends over the next two to three years where CRMs are, are having to change their software to add functionality or, or to add uh, capabilities? What, what are you seeing? Yeah, you know, I see uh, ongoing and increased focus on uh, uh, segmentation, uh, particularly in the digital space. So think of uh, marketing segmentation and being able to speak to people with greater levels of personalization, you know, based on your interests, uh, based on your activity with the organization and uh, when I say activity with the organization, I mean the full, your full experience with that organization. Uh, you know, traditional fundraising segmentation is about how much you've given, how long you've given it, um, and what your potential to give is. And that's all just about the actions you take as a donor. But the full, uh, the new segmentation is really about what your relationship with that organization is, what that relationship has been over time. It could be in a volunteer capacity. It could be in a mission services capacity. It could be the connections that you have, your family members uh, that are part of that organization, your interests in that organization, and being able to talk to those folks more specifically and directly in, you know, in pursuit of, of greater fundraising success. After you typically ask, um the question about the mission of the nonprofit in a you know potential CRM consulting assignment. 
Um, what is the next kind of thing when you, when the next kind of question that you'll ask them? Yeah. Um, we talk a lot about uh, their capacity for change and how yeah. this change fits in with the rest of the organization. Um, you know, some organizations are approaching uh, their CRM still from a departmental level. So I'm in the development team and I want to use more information from across the organization. That is one set of goals and stakeholders. And uh, we definitely want to help that team do better and do better work. But perhaps the rest of the organization isn't ready for change or isn't ready to think holistically about the technology. Whereas in other cases, this is an organization-wide effort. You know, they're looking to rationalize their system. They're looking to better use data across the organization. Uh, fundraising data is just one piece of that. So those are very different approaches and projects. And so getting to the bottom of that is is also really important to us. Why would somebody just say, if they're listening right now and they say, well, you know, maybe I'll just go out and like look at all these different CRM products for nonprofits on my own um, instead of bringing on, you know, a consulting company like Heller. I mean, you know, why, why does, what's the value for Heller? Yeah. You know, I'd say that's a very uh, old way of thinking about technology solutions is that I can just go out and uh, I'll email five vendors that provide fundraising software for nonprofits. They're all going to do a demo. And then I can just look at those and pick which is the best one. But that's not really how modern technology works anymore. The way that we're looking at it is as an ecosystem of tools that collectively are going to deliver the functionality and value and impact for the organization. And so that could be a collection of uh, a core platform like a Salesforce that is your underlying technology. Uh, there's apps uh, you know, that you download through the App Store, things like that, um, that add additional functionality to the system. There's uh, third-party vendors that have built online fundraising tools or uh, you know, event uh, specialized tools for events or conferences or you know, different things that might be really key to your activities and might need very specific functionality. Someone else might have already built that really well but you need to get that data back into uh, your Salesforce system. So what we do is help pull all those pieces together to say, this is an ecosystem that will work for you. And we will compare that to perhaps another version where you have some spot solutions and you're integrating data through uh, a data warehouse or, or something like that. So there's more than one way to tackle problems, but you really need to understand what are complete solutions that can tackle your problems rather than just looking kind of product by product. Uh, this is going to be a weird question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, do you, uh, do you like what you do for a living? Oh, I, I love it. Um, you know, I uh, spent eight years uh, doing marketing and fundraising at an arts organization in uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, and, you know, uh, so I have that kind of on the ground firsthand experience. Um, I spent uh, another eight years uh, in professional services uh, supporting uh, nonprofit fundraising and uh, communication and, and building websites for nonprofits. And so, you know, in my role at Heller Consulting, it's really just getting to that 
core underlying CRM system from which you know, we can power information to other parts of the organization, to your online fundraising, to your direct mail, your telemarketing efforts. It just gets to the core because what data you have determines what strategies you can employ in terms of fundraising. Direct mail folks have known this for years, and that's why they have a science around, you know, who's in what zip code and where. Well, we're just centralizing more and more information in the CRM that of what we know about your donors so that then you can take that data and do something with it and have better communication, stronger fundraising programs. I had a hunch you were going to say like or love what you do. Uh, I could kind of tell through your, your um, excitement. Um, and and let me venture to guess to say, is it true, you know, is it safe to say that you love what you do? Because in a small way, you're making the world a better place because you're helping all of these nonprofits, helping them with their mission. Um, and the CRM of you know, fundraising kind of helps you do that. Is that fair? I mean, it's, I think it's absolutely fair. You know, I'm not a particularly sentimental person, but, mm, you know, in the fundraising aspect, you know, that's, that's what powers the rest of the organization. And so, you know, fundraisers sometimes don't get that direct connection to I helped somebody today like they're not on the front lines of delivering the mission but yeah. if you can step back a little you know you are powering that to be possible and you're also the communicator for why your organization you know of all the organizations out there others that may be doing similar work why is yours so well suited to make this impact and tell the stories of that impact. And so, you know, that does get to you. And I get to do that just about Heller services of how, you know, how the work we've done has really powered uh, fundraising departments with the organizations we work with. Um, and so that's great. And I think that is where the passion comes from. So from all your experience in the past and also the people that you meet, uh, I know this is kind of off the CRM question, uh, but do you find that people who are really, really good at fundraising um, are passionate about the cause or are they just really great at raising money and it's not really the cause that makes them good at what they do? Um, well, I... Uh... I am sure there are great fundraisers out there that could fundraise for any cause, but uh, you know, at its core, in fundraising, you're telling the story of your organization and the impact it's having on your community, on real people, on animals, you know, whatever the cause is. And I have to believe that folks that truly believe that story are going to be the most effective communicators. And that's, what's going to raise the most money. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, is CRM going back to the CRM is CRM behind other nonprofit software, like accounting systems. Are they ahead of them as far as features, capabilities, improvements uh, are they at are they of at equal you know footing with them right now 
Yeah, they're they're uh, you know they they do very different functions, and so I'd say the technology uh, caliber is at parity. You know, these are you know there are very sophisticated uh, systems out there called ERP systems that would handle financial accounting, track inventory, inventory that has some very specialized functionality. Uh, CRM is doing that for your constituents. And so um, uh, the technology is is there. Um, the challenge is adapting it to meet the unique needs of your organization. You know, there are some universal things that we're all doing as fundraising departments. But, you know, when I speak with organizations, it's like the secret to their success or the angle to their fundraising success is always a little different. And so adapting the system to really maximize what makes them different is, you know, how the most successful organizations are, are raising the most. You know, I thinking about today's topic, I, I really could have picked a better, a different topic, which would have been the benefits of nonprofit technology for, you know, you know, for your organization, right? I didn't need to really focus on CRM because you, you're helping clients with all different types of technology, correct? That's right. But I do think there's a value to thinking about the data from the uh, perspective of the constituent and organizing uh, around, you know, our constituents, it's particularly in fundraising, are so, you know, they're the lifeblood. There's what is bringing the funds to do the mission. So, you know, I think there would be another framing that is, you know, you know, more broadly about data at the organization or, you know, more broadly about technology at the at the organization. But, you know, there is a very specific role that collecting your constituent data has and being able to use that data. And so uh, I'll, I'll talk about any technology at nonprofits, but I, I definitely love to think about it from the perspective of the folks we serve and the, the donors that, that fund it. Well, it's a great conversation. It was very interesting. I learned a lot. I really appreciate it. Um, that's all the time we have for today. And I would like to thank so very much, Jet Winders from Heller Consulting for coming on to today's podcast. If you like today's podcast, please feel free to share it with a friend and also subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. If you like today's podcast, please give us a review on your podcasting app to get to help us get the word out. And of course, if you are looking for a line of credit for your nonprofit, you can call us at 862-207-4118 or visit our website at nonprofitmbapodcast.com. Jet, if anybody wants to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, I would say the best way is to go uh, to teamheller.com. Uh, that's the website of our firm. There's plenty of ways to, to get in contact uh, with me through uh, that site. Um, and you'll be able to read just more about our, our services in general. And there's a lot of thought leadership pieces on the site as well. Great. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And for all our listeners out there, it's, of course, uh, it's January of 2022. So I can't believe 2022. It just seems so far, you know, far away. And it's here. Um, and uh, it's because I'm getting old. And, uh, and so I, you know, uh, I say this at the end of every episode. I want to thank all listeners out there for doing what you do. Uh, we all have to make the world a better place. I have responsibility to do that. 
Jet, you have a responsibility to do that. We all are in this together. What affects one affects us all. But you guys are out there on the battlegrounds making it happen. And I want to thank you for all the work that you do. Um, I think the nonprofit uh, MBA podcast in its way uh, does a good job of helping your nonprofit get better. And I'm very proud of that. It's a lot of fun. I like listening to people like Jet and he has done a great job today. So everybody have a great day. See you later.